Hi y'all, this is Sean. I am the assistant editor for the Hornbook Inc. and this is the Hornbook Podcast. I have recorded this clip like 6,000 times now because apparently just recording a clip is way harder than actually recording a podcast. So today we're doing something a little bit different. This is actually a conversation between Lolly Robinson, our creative director, and this gentleman named Mong Nyu. Mong grew up in Bangladesh speaking Marma, a local tribal language. He wasn't able to speak or understand any Bangla, and so dropped out of school at the age of six because his teacher was hitting him for not understanding. Mong is now a PhD candidate at Harvard, and he has started schools in his home village of Chittagong Hill Tracks and also created the Oral History Project. This project is a publishing pursuit that preserves ancient folktales by retelling them in illustrated picture books written in English and the indigenous language of the Chittagong Hill Tracks. So this was a conversation from June of 2015. Again, it's between Lolly, our creative director, and Mong Nyu, and it's super interesting and really engaging, and the project that he is working on is just really cool, y'all. So without further ado, here is your podcast. Cheers. I love that. <laughs> I love it so much. Do, 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 do. <laughs> So, Mong, um, can you start by just telling us um, where you were born and a little bit about your childhood in the way that it led to what you're doing now? Yes. So, I am, my name is Mong Neo, and I was born in a remote village in a mountainous area, Chittagong Hill Tracks uh, of Bangladesh. And it was by the lake, uh, there's a small hut. And this is a place where my grandma and grandpa live. So when my mom was expecting, uh, like very close, and she went to my grandma's place. And so um, that you know, my grandma would be there, and then also there are other people. So there is no hospital or medical doctors there. Uh, but we have um, a lady uh, who helps to deliver babies. So um, my mom told me that's how I was born in that uh, small hut uh, by a lake. And so I'm part of the indigenous communities and so Marma and this is the language that I spoke first. And then when I was growing up in our uh, villages, we have other children from other indigenous groups like Chakma, and Mro, so I learned their language too, not through the book, but by hearing and by speaking with them. Because sometimes uh, my friends, uh, parents, and moms, and they will invite us for food, and then I go, and as a, like five, six year old kid, and then they will talk to me uh, in their language. So gradually, gradually, I picked up. So I could speak Marma and I could speak Chakma. Um, I could also speak a little bit of Mro. And then, and then when I went to school first time, uh, that's when I learned Bangla, and which is the official language of Bangladesh. And then after some years of schooling, I was introduced in English. Mm-hmm. So English, uh, so that's how um, my journey started. Mm-hmm. And I, but I believe in, in between there, there is a time which was became pivotal for you, which was the... You've told me about the statistic of how many children 
drop out yes. of school at a young yeah. age because when they go to school, nobody there speaks the language that they speak. Yes. And I think this is a big issue for uh, us because the, the statistics show is that um, only uh, 84% or so has access to school, so not everybody gets into school. And then even those all 84%, 35% drop out by the time they finish the second grade. And this is recent data in 2009. And then 65% drop out by the time they finish fifth grade. And only 2% go beyond 10th grade. So there's a large number of students drop out at the elementary school. Yes. And then so one of my interests started becoming it became is that we would like to find out why so many children drop out in the elementary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I asked, started interviewing some children who dropped out, a girl who dropped out in the second grade, mm-hmm. and went to her house and said, why did you drop out? Mm-hmm. Why, why don't you go to school anymore? And then she says that, um, I don't understand. Um, and then I asked her parents and said, yeah, my, my children struggle. And so sometimes they get punished. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the second-year-old girl uh, stopped going to school. To me, this is um, a, uh, an issue that is very important because when a second-year-old girl drops out from school, mm-hmm. she is robbed of her future. Mm-hmm. And I think that as adult, as our community, must do more. Uh, to give education opportunities uh, and extend opportunities for them so that they find school interesting, they, they can connect to school, they find a sense of belonging in mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. Uh, they get uh, encouragement and support in school, mm-hmm. and also they develop, more importantly, a love of learning. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, yeah. that's where my interest begins. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, we probably can't say a lot about this, but the, the, the reason you that we're only speaking Bangla in school was because of a political situation, which was also very difficult um, for the indigenous families. Um, yes. Yes. So in Bangladesh, uh, the language policy is single language policy mm-hmm. in education. Mm-hmm. So all the books are published in Bangla. And there is, except the, uh, when they introduce English, that one course, that content of the book is English. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also rudimentary, elementary English. Mm-hmm. But rest of the books, whether it's geography or history, all the books are in Bangla. Mm-hmm. So it's a national education policy is in Bangla. Mm-hmm. And there is another piece I think that sometimes overlooked, is the narrative is being told about indigenous people. So in Bangladesh, mm-hmm. uh, the term has used for Bengali, which is the Bangla-speaking people, mm-hmm. is called Jati. They will say, you know, we are Bengali Jati, meaning that we are Bengali nation. Mm-hmm. Jati means nation. Mm-hmm. And then for the people in the Chino Hill tracks, they will call Upojati. And this is in many official documents, upojati. So upo means sub, mm. upo means inferior. Mm-hmm. So um, from the very beginning, uh, the children learn is that they are inferior 
in the hill tracks. And then those in the other part of the country realize that, oh, there are some people who live in the mountains and they're inferior, they're sub-people. Yes, yes. And this continues. So fast forward in 2012, 2013, government changed that term upojati to something called kudra nrigosti. Kudra means tiny. Nrigosti means ethnic people. So they have changed the term a little bit, mm-hmm. but it still has the same connotation. Yes. It's a tiny ethnic people. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I think that um, there is a narrative sometime, it works against the children mm-hmm. uh, because they have been viewed either primitive and uncivilized. These are the common term is being used mm-hmm. uh, for the people in the children hill tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, these, uh, there are, um, there are also uh, effect on the environment because um, the the um, the forest and the trees have been destroyed, and so um, sometimes I ask the question: Is that who is uncivilized? Those who live in the forest, mm-hmm. or those who choose to destroy? Oh, yes. Yes. And there is much resource that I feel that we could use to counter uh, the negative stereotype that children may feel. Uh, I was very happy in the last uh, six months here, uh, there was a talk by Claude Stilley. Uh, he is a psychologist, he is a faculty in um, one of the uh, very good universities here. And then he talks about uh, a stereotype threat. And the example he showed is that the girls here in the U.S., uh, they are told that they are not good at math. Mm-hmm. And then so they um, already internalize it. They are mm-hmm. not good at math. Mm-hmm. And then so they don't um, participate uh, with the same psychological uh, um, yeah. strength. Yeah. And then so the way sh- he tested it is um, ask the boys and girls to take the test mm-hmm. normally. And then in the other case, they say to the girls is that, you know what, there are some girls who are excellent in math, yes. and these are A, B, C, mm-hmm. and then all this mm-hmm. stuff. And then yeah. ask these same girls to take the test. Right. Yes, yes. And they do so much better. Yeah. It, yeah. Is, it is that it is that a stereotype threat. So, yeah. so the question for us is also the children who feel that they are being told they're tiny ethnic group, yes. they are upojati, they're uncivilized, mm-hmm. primitive, mm-hmm. they're not good at Bangla, right. they're not good at in, okay. in academia. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how we develop a sense of agency, yes. a sense of self-efficacy. Yes. And I think that's where the story project started, is that instead of me as an adult collecting stories, we ask the children collect stories. Now let's go, um, I want to get into that. Um, so I think we're going to fast forward. I'm sure there's a lot, yes. there are many interesting years because you were one of the few children who did go all the way through school yes. and actually became an engineer. Right. And it was sometime after that that you, in effect, felt called to... Uh, go back to the village and do something yes. about this educational problem. Yeah. Um, and so that's, in a sense, how you developed the idea, uh, which has become your book project. Right. So tell us, tell us more about the book project. and. 
so when um, we um, went to the after I became engineer I um, one day I was called because uh, I found out that my mom was sick uh, she had a minor stroke so I went to visit and then uh, we saw many children uh, they are not in school uh, in the Gino Hill tracks they are breaking bricks or they are um, living with others uh, have, have no access to school and I thought that this was injustice and I also look at it from the perspective of right is that every children has right to be educated and every time we don't create opportunities for a child to get education we are robbing of their future so so I work with these communities and then we build school and so now with the school, what happens is that we provide the access. That means children can come in and then they can go to school. But the content and the quality mm -hmm. is still poor. Yes. And then we saw many children drop out. Mm -hmm. So then I became interested in that. So many children drop out. Why? Mm -hmm. Not only just in one school, across many schools. Mm -hmm. Why so many children drop out? Why they don't like to study? And then that's when I realized that they, uh, first, they struggle with the language, mm -hmm. and the second, uh, they cannot connect with the content. Mm -hmm. And they have to study because some adult or some teachers telling them to, and sometimes they get punished if they don't study mm -hmm. and perform. So it is, it is, uh, it is not something that uh, they do it uh, say with much joy and learning and loving, mm -hmm. not to do it. So I became interested to find a way how can we create love of learning among our children and that is the beginning of this book project because the current books have very culturally relevant content with the life of children so how can we create a book that is culturally relevant to the life of children and also it helps to develop their self-efficacy and agency and up until then, there were no books in in the school that were in Marma, is that right? Which is the language yes, that yes. these children spoke yes, at home, yes, mostly. Yes. Even today, besides these few schools, that we work with three schools and then save the children's school, mm -hmm. there are no other school have any Marma book, wow. even today. Yeah. So we are only a handful, few schools. Mm -hmm. It's a drop in the need of ocean. Mm -hmm. So uh, we can... Uh, we approach this as, as a pilot project mm -hmm. because we are also learning as we go. Mm -hmm. Is that is the book project would be interesting? We don't know yeah. because I have never been uh, into um, children's book publications and also how uh, children uh, get um, excited about the children's book. Yeah. I do not have uh, that training and background so mm -hmm. we started as a project mm -hmm. and we call it oral story project or all our uh, OHP mm -hmm. where we ask our school children say go and interview your grandma and grandpa uh, or village elders mm -hmm. if your parents or your neighbors mm -hmm. so a girl for example will ask her grandma say grandma tell us some of the stories you heard when you were a little girl or a girl asks her grandpa, Grandpa, tell us some of the 
uh, animals you saw when you were growing up, mm-hmm. or some of the games you played when you were growing, you were growing up, mm-hmm. or how was this mountain and places uh, and things you have um, seen, uh, uh, animals that you have um, hunted, tell us about this. So they tell this story and uh, they, co- they collect this story and they come to the classroom mm-hmm. and they go in front of the classroom and then we tell these girls and boys is that tell the tell the story in the languages that you feel most comfortable. Yes. And ninety nine percent of the cases, these girls tell the story, not what is being taught in the school Bangla. Mm-hmm. They tell the story in their first language. Yes. In their mother tongue. Mm-hmm. So they tell the story. And then so, uh, one thing we have seen the younger children, uh, maybe a little bit. Um, hesitant how they tell the story uh, but as children get older uh, even from the fourth grade we have seen they use their hand gesture mm-hmm. they have up and down of their voice mm-hmm. uh, the where they uh, slow down or whispers mm-hmm. and also sometimes there's a pause mm-hmm. uh, there are many ways that they bring the way their grandparents told the story yes because yes. that's what we ask them. Tell the story the way your grandparents tell you. Yes. And yes. not you're reading a book. Tell the story the way you tell. So yeah. so they tell the story yeah. like that. Yeah. And the, yeah. And I and I think that and then we look at the class, all other students, mm-hmm. and then and then take a snapshot of their faces. Yeah. And it was amazing to see you know how intensely. Yeah. And uh, they listen, pay attention, or even sometimes laugh mm-hmm. uh, of some of the funny part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. And then we thought that, oh, this is a very good so in the first year we just recorded the story. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Did not do nothing else. Mm-hmm. And the next year as I played those videos and pictures and then I thought that we could do more than this. Mm-hmm. How can we preserve this? Uh, in a way that uh, we can pass it on to other classrooms, mm-hmm. other children, mm-hmm. and maybe other schools in this region. And that's when I became interested in a children's book. Yeah. And, and I also became more interested because I asked the schools and the teachers, say, besides the textbook, what other books the student read? Mm-hmm. And school after school after school, every single one of them told me, our children do not read anything but textbook. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is a disaster mm-hmm. waiting to happen. Yes. Is that children do not read any other book besides textbook. Mm-hmm. This is a shame. Mm-hmm. So I thought that um, there, is, there must be a better way. And then maybe in my limited effort, we start with one one book project. Yes. So that's how yes. I started one book project. And here is here is the on the table in front of me. There is it's well it's in Marma first, which I don't read, and then it's the Leaf from Heaven, a Marma story from the uh, sorry Chittagong Hill Tracts, Bangladesh. Yes, and it's paperback, um, but every single page has the text in two languages in Marma and in English. And it's a story that was told, what, by a grandmother yes. to a granddaughter? Yes, to a fourth grade girl. Fourth grade girl, yes. Yeah. And also, these are the stories has been a resource in the community, meaning that uh, these stories has been passed down for many generations uh, and generations. And I heard that uh, similar story 
from my grandma mm-hmm. uh, who wanted to encourage me to eat more vegetable. Yes. So this is about the magic, magical power of a vegetable. Right. So, so uh, this is one of the stories that uh, children are being told. Plus there's a flying horse. There's so a flying horse, yes, yes, right. With a flying horse you can go wrong. And a princess. And, right, and, and a princess. And then someday, you know, you could fly if you eat the magical vegetable. Right. So, yeah. so how did you go about making this book become a physically a book it were by then were you coming to the US for school yes yes so uh, and in fact when I was working on this book I uh, I was a master's student here mm-hmm. in the education school so and I have uh, no idea about how to make a children's book so uh, and then I went to the library mm-hmm. and uh, I, I also went to an AGAC, to the Gini Lab, and I saw many children's books, so I get an idea of what the children's book may contain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have the text, but I don't have the, have the illustrations. Yes. So I was asking people around, and then one of my friends, who is an AGAC uh, master's student, and then she is now an alum from the Arts and Education program, mm-hmm. uh, and she is a wonderful fit because she's from India, and then she from the uh, mainland in from the main part of India, she went to a place called Leh. And Leh is a part of Tibet, that is part of India, mm-hmm. and so on the other side is the Chinese Tibet. Mm. So here is the Tibetan part, and these are uh, people who live in high elevation mountains mm-hmm. and the Tibetan culture is very different from the general uh, typical Indian culture that we know of mm-hmm. and so she went there and then she worked as an illustrator mm-hmm. and author uh, in those places uh, for several years mm-hmm. and she familiarized herself with the local culture she got an understanding of what is needed uh, to make a book relevant to the culture so what I did is that I gave her uh, uh, many pictures of Chidong Hill tracks. Mm-hmm. I asked, I went home and then I took, started taking pictures everywhere. Mm-hmm. In the marketplace, in mm-hmm. the flea market, in the villages. Like, this is how a typical house looks like. Yes. This is, these are the flowers of the Chidong Hill tracks. Mm-hmm. This is the fruit of Chidong Hill tracks. This is how the men uh, wear clothing. This is how women dress. Mm-hmm. So I took tons and tons of pictures. Mm-hmm. And then I asked also others to help me with the pictures. So I have a lot of pictures, and, and also I have some videos. So I brought these pictures and videos here to the mm-hmm. Dropbox and then shared with mm-hmm. uh, the illustrator. Mm-hmm. And then I was also very fortunate, one of my colleagues, uh, her mom, is a children's book author. And I say this is such a key piece that it is an eye-opener for me because I have a text. So I have a video, and then I transcribe the video. Mm-hmm. I have a text of, say, five pages text. Mm-hmm. This is a story. Mm-hmm. But how do you take a five page of text mm-hmm. to a story? Yes. So my friends, uh, he introduced me to her mother. Mm-hmm. And she introduced me to her mother. And then she's a children's book author. She's trained as a, she has a master's degree in mm-hmm. the children's book author. Mm-hmm. And she's not here. She's in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And now she moved to Denver. So uh, she was a, an instrumental because I was talking to her. And then mm-hmm. she, she says she would be happy to take this story. Mm-hmm and breaking down into, say, 20 sentences. Yes, yes. 
and then so and and then so we and then so illustrators and author comes together mm-hmm. and including me mm-hmm. and then we said okay we break it down into 20 sentences and this sentence is this picture this sentence is this picture this sentence mm-hmm. is this picture mm-hmm. so so we had several meetings uh, through skype between illustrators and authors mm-hmm. and i am always present mm-hmm. so we uh, had uh, some discussion back and forth mm-hmm. and also we we uh, had some conversation on whether this book is to um, make it as a book to, to develop love of learning, mm-hmm. uh, like a fun story, mm-hmm. and whether to also use this book for educational purpose, mm-hmm. meaning that maybe there is a, some specific vocabulary, uh, some word that mm-hmm. the children can learn. Mm-hmm. And then after several discussion, and I didn't know much about this, uh, but after several discussion among us, we collectively decided mm-hmm. that we would put more weight on developing the love of learning mm-hmm. and spend less on, say, developing vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that uh, the first piece is developing the love of learning yes. uh, because once the development of learning, there could be other ways to contribute to the literacy. Yes. So the first book is not designed for literacy. Mm-hmm. This is designed to just have a fun reading yes. book. Yes. And then so that's what we uh, agreed upon. Yeah. And then when Madhu started drawing, so she uh, has done some rough uh, draft mm-hmm. and then she showed me. Mm-hmm. And in a few cases, I gave her some thoughts and suggestions. I love the way she has done. She has some experience in few cultural pieces. Mm-hmm. And one of these cultural pieces is the moon. Mm-hmm. Because in the hill tracks, in the Buddhist community, the moon has a huge significance. The full mm-hmm. moon is a festival. Mm-hmm. So we use the moon. And then so the mango is mango is everywhere. So how to use a mango? Mm-hmm. And, some, and also the way the women dress mm-hmm. and the princess will dress. So those are some of the key pieces yeah. that, that we have done. And then once she's almost done with the mm-hmm. illustration, what I did is that I took those illustrations and then put the text on the side mm-hmm. and then I sent it to the Chino Hill Tracks. Mm-hmm. And then I asked the teacher mm-hmm. to take a look at it. Yes and see if she has any comments. Mm-hmm. And then also I asked the teacher to show this to the children, mm-hmm. to some children. And so they showed to the children, the so children can relate to what is in the story. Mm-hmm. So this is a prince, this is a princess, this is a mango, this is, a, this is the horse, and this is the story. And then there are a few, based on the feedback from the mm-hmm. teacher and then from the students, where we thought that the student may not be able to relate and then we were able to make some adjustment. Mm-hmm. And then Madhu did her final touch. And then this is to become our first book. Yeah. So yeah. we went back and forth to, to get the feedback from the local teachers mm-hmm. and local communities before we finalized the book. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then since that book, yes. um, you have an alphabet book. Yes. Um, you have a coloring book yes. where students can color in a picture of yes. a local scene and then write a story about it. Yes. Um, and then I just saw that there are two more books that are going to be printed this, this summer. This right? summer, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the two more books is, one is called Water Offering Stand or um, Water for Thirsty 
traveler. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also based on local uh, stories, how mm-hmm. uh, this uh, water offering stand comes to being. Mm-hmm. Because even today, if you go to the villages of the hill tracks, you will see there are places where there's, there's a water offering stand and then there are uh, two big jars and it's filled with water. And then as a traveler, when you walk from village to village and you're thirsty in a hot sunny day, uh, you can drink this uh, drinkable water, yes. and the people get up in the morning mm-hmm. and they collect water from the stream mm-hmm. and then fill these places. Mm-hmm. So, and this is uh, seen even in the school compound. Mm-hmm. So we thought that we take the story of this and then create a children's storybook yes. based on that yes. story. The other story is called Princess M- Monori, which is uh, one of the seven sisters who live in heaven mm-hmm. and then come down from heaven and then they have fun, they take bath and then one day uh, one of the daughters was um, caught by the hunter and the hunter took to the prince and then prince fell in love seeing this daughter and then they got married, uh, one heavenly princess and then one is a prince of a, uh, on earth and then they have baby and then also daughter, baby daughter, beautiful baby daughter and then how the princess Monori goes back to heaven and then leaves the tips for her, her husband how to find him back and after her husband um, had a war and, and won the war and then came back and um, got her uh, wife back from the heaven. This is a popular story in the Chitong Hill Tracks and, I, and we thought that this would be this could be another very good book. So these are two books that we are coming. There is a third book that is 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 in progress. Sometime before the end of this year, we have to publish. This is a book of anthology. And it's an anthology of ten stories. Mm-hmm. All the stories collected by children. And the an anthology is the title of the book is the Voice of Trees. Uh, the ancient tales of Chitong Hill Tracks, and so uh, we also plan to publish this book sometime mm-hmm. this year. And you said that you've already collected something like seventy stories. Yes. And so your dream is to have an entire library of yes of these books that would be there in the schools, um, and out everywhere else too. I yes. Suppose. <laughs> yes. 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 So we have uh, so far we have collected seventy two stories. And uh, in fact, this year, if I, I and I plan to visit home, and then I collect some more stories. So um, for these seventy-two stories, my plan is, or my dream is, to create children's book mm-hmm. uh, uh, based on each of those stories. Most of these stories have uh, been passed down for many generations, and they contain. Uh, moral lessons, mm-hmm. civic values, mm-hmm. ethical um, lessons. So I and uh, these stories are told in a way that is very relevant to the community and culture. Mm-hmm. And some of these stories have uh, values of uh, a medicinal plan or um, how to um, careful of certain animals mm-hmm. and um, or um, how to behave in certain way in a society. Mm-hmm. So these are the stories that also help children's moral and civic development. Mm-hmm. So we want to create all of these children's book and then have a library of children's book. Yes. Be- and this is uh, dear to me because in the Chitong Hill Tracks, in you you can go school after schools have no libraries, mm-hmm. not a single one of them. Yes. 
There are probably few exceptions where highly resourced places have mm -hmm. libraries, but most of the schools mm -hmm. have no libraries. So children mm -hmm. have no other books besides to read. And my dream is that those create a library in school where there will be, say, 70, 80 books from mm -hmm. our community, mm -hmm. but also stories, children's storybook from other communities, mm -hmm. from U.S., from mm -hmm. other parts of Bangladesh, yes. from India, from yes. Greece, other parts. So it's a rich resource mm -hmm. for uh, children to go and uh, explore. Yes. Yeah, so. And of course, the, and, and of course, we talk about children's books need to be windows and mirrors. Yes. And so when you were young, the books you had were all windows. Yes. And so the goal is now you're creating a mixture of mixture them. of windows and mirrors. Yes. And then at the same time, the the books that uh, you're creating that are specific to the hill tracts yes. um, may go other places. Yes. And become mirror uh, windows. Windows, <laughs> windows those, to those, for those students. And, yes. For instance, people in, in other parts of Bangladesh, right. um, and then as well as you mentioned, a, a, a teacher you know in Washington, D.C., yes. who bought copies for all of her students. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I am very uh, excited about this approach because I believe that um, when we uh, allow our children to explore uh, stories from many different parts of the world, uh, it also uh, helps them to develop a sense of appreciation mm -hmm. of other cultures and other communities mm -hmm. so that uh, when they grow up, they see difference, mm -hmm. not a cause of division, mm -hmm. but a difference as a cause for celebration. Mm -hmm. It's a celebration of the, of the diversity. And then also appreciate that different culture, different communities have beautiful, beautiful, interesting stories yes. uh, about their community, about their uh, lessons and stories. So it also, I think, that uh, help us, help our children see um, that, um, explore, uh, extend their imagination. Uh, so, for example, if a child in Washington, D.C. reads the story of Chitong Hill Tracks, mm -hmm. so they may say, okay, what is the Chitong Hill Tracks? Mm -hmm. Let's find it out. Mm -hmm. And what does, the, what does these people do? Mm -hmm. Or what do they eat? Mm -hmm. And what, what kind of festival they have? Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of fruits are there? Mm -hmm. Or what kind of animals are there? Mm -hmm. So I think these are also extend uh, children's you know, thoughts and imagination yes. in leaps and bounds in many different parts of the world. You can find out more about Mong New at OurGoldenHour.org. That will lead you to all of the cool things that are being done. You can find Hornbook in all of the usual places, hbook.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Hornbook. Roger is at Roger Reads. I am at KidLitChick. Roger is also on the Facebooks. And we have an Instagram, which is HB Podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Bye.